Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests bring you leading-edge astrology conversations through a journey of soul growth patterns connecting astrology's energetic cycles. Get ready to understand your path in the cosmic roots of the stars. Hello, this is Suros Minahan, host and founder of Talk Cosmos, where we have conversations awakening your authentic self. And today is December 25th. And for those that celebrate Christmas, Merry Christmas. For those that celebrate any holiday, Happy Holidays, because the season is nearing an end. New Year's is not far away. It's on a Sunday. And just as a preempt, Top Cosmos will begin its sixth season with the legendary, wonderful Rick Levine. So come join us and we'll hear the new factor. Right now, this is a little bit of a preempt because we're also starting, uh, we, I am starting, but we, because it's all panels, starting a new panel that will be official in 2023. Thank you. I was jumping to 26. Amazing what Mars will do to the brain. We're still in that retrograde, remember? And it is in Gemini. But the fact remains that this is a panel called Good Vibrations. And it's about vibrational astrology. It's where it's evidence-based astrology. It's on the patterns that are evident. And it has a different system where it takes a divisional process that it's not limited. You go up to 30 degrees or even 360 degrees and you find out, and it's also finding out through evidence, through people, if it pops up, then in their chart, this is the best I understand, then what does that say? Anyway, we're all a learning process here. And I have two wonderful Okay, our subject today, I'll start with that, is turning winter vibrations, the solstice and New Year's Day chart. Because the winter solstice is that time of the least light here in the Northern Hemisphere. That's a whole astronomical event. There's two of them in the year. And they're powerful. Those energies potentially last until the next. There's many dynamics in this world. And that's the beauty and the excitement to learn in astrology is how are they speaking and how to hear them. Okay. So with all this, I'm going to introduce our two guests. The first is Linda Berry, a master of vibrational astrology. And she received a professional astrology astrology certificate known as a PAC in vibrational astrology in 2015 in January from the Avalon School of Astrology. And she studied with David Cochran, who's also the founder of, well, I say also, he, David, has also been legendary with presenting vibrational astrology. Linda has her own school. It'll be starting in January, that will be coming up in slides for those that are eager to join. She does a daily diary that's for free. Just contact her. It's marvelous information. And she's also contributing uh, uh, for a, a modest fee monthly your personal 
energy, which she will talk about at the half hour. Linda has a Bachelor of Psychology and a Master of Science in Social Work. She created the Frequency Finder, a VA add-on to Sirius for the Kepler Astrological Software, which is David Cochran's. She's a co-author with David Cochran of Vibrational Astrology, Interpreting Aspects, and author of Awakening from a Deep Sleep, a spiritual book on remembering just who we are, which is really, I think, so much of the energies progressively and many care catching up, but it's many layers, right? So again, the blog, Vibrational Astrology Diary, daily for free, contact her. And she also has an older site, Astrological Depth. And this is with trans-Neptunian objects. And she created this between 2008 and 2012. Has fascinating and wonderful information. I'm studying with, have studied with Alan Clay with the dwarf planets. And, and they too have significance. We're learning to listen more. The Galactic Center is right on target. <laughs> so January 23 has a new series of courses for any of us that might want to have an introduction to this really uh, researched method of vibrational astrology. And her URL is astrosleuth.org. Thank you. It's a pleasure again, Linda. And Linda and Richard and I, the second, will be meeting on every equinox and solstice coming up. So, and it happens to be right on target when it's happening. It was like the universe is conspiring or enjoying or we're enjoying with the universe for this new panel. I know I'm taking up extra time and I want all their valuable information, but let's get to our second panel member and that's Richard Smoot. And Richard has been a professional astrologer for 50 years. He has a BS in social work and an MPA, and 19 years of direct services to astrologers, organizations, guiding astrologers to, with a focus of to their highest professional level. He has done many, many amazing things in the astrological world. His emphasis in astrology is, is to empower clients, making their own decisions, determining their life. And there is that email that you will be able to reach him. Richard has also been the operations manager for ESAR or ISAR, take your pick, International Society of Astrological Research. And he is a certified astrological professional with ESAR. He's also with NCGR, National Council of Geo, uh, Geocosmic Research, the journal publisher, and with OPA, that's Organization for Professional Astrology, a group leader. In 2018, the United Astrology Conference, better known as UAC, awarded Richard the Regulus Award for Community Service. And Richard, I know you had a lot to do with astro.com, uh, which people really use a lot on the free world I mean, the free world, I mean, the free possibilities. So you haven't mentioned that, but that is strong. Well, thank you, Richard. And thank you, Linda. So we unite. Yeah. I will start off immediately with one slide presentation. I realize the podcast people, you can't see this, but thank you, Nathan. 
we have our wonderful backbone, Nathan, our engineer, helping us with KKNW because Talk Cosmos is on YouTube, has its own channel, and also on all podcasts. So it's always a little bit of a um, tension to offer the wonderful abilities of YouTube, but also remembering that our podcast people are audio. So... Uh, Good Vibration panelists, Linda Berry is at astrosleuth.org. Richard Smoot has an email these days, and it's astrosmoot. Now, remember, there's a sleuth and a smoot here (laughs) at (laughs) gmail.com. And myself, talkcosmos.com. So the School of the Astrology of Vibrational Energetics is founded by Linda Berry. And Taken from her information on her website, vibrational astrology is evidence-based astrology. It studies the ways that the different planetary patterns actually operate in people's charts. No cherry-picking here. Next is, in that school of the astrology of vibrational energetics, Linda is offering an introductory course in vibrational astrology. And I'm mentioning this and reading this so that those people that want to go back for reference can find this really smack dab easy. And it begins early January by Linda. And there are three 12-week courses. And it's you'll learn how to read a chart using this evidence-based principles of vibrational astrology. And I'm considering it myself, although, oh, I have to be accountable, right? Get my time accountable because it's reasonable, but it's still like time, but I'm, but the will is kind of there. So at last, the vibrational astrology diary, Linda publishes daily. It's a free subscription and it shares these current vibrational patterns that dance across the sky and affect us. So just email Linda at Linda at astrologicaldepth.com. Well, thank you. We will finish this now. And I'm so grateful to have this insightful messages that you're going to share about the solstice coming up on the 23rd, no, the 21st of December and then the New Year's Day chart. So I'll finish with that. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for your kind words. It's it's a pleasure to meet with you, Sue, and to be able to discuss this amazing material. Truly, on all accounts, it's a win-win. Yeah, thank you. And Richard, I know you've both been on before, but not as this little triad trio. Yeah. So, and people can look. So how should we begin? How would you like to begin, Linda? What would you like to enter with? Well, let's go ahead. Let's go to the slides and start talking. Oh, good. Okay. Okay. So here we go. Now, the way we're going to balance this out is Richard is one of the students in in my vibrational astrology school. I've had students there for about five years. And um, so he's going to... He's going to hopefully help us keep this at a level where it will make sense to people so I don't get too far out in the <laughs> I'll go on his team. Yes, Richard. I'll mention, uh, Linda, I'll mention that, um, you know, I just want to let everybody know that uh, um, 
as much as I've been doing astrology for as long as I've had 50 years or so, um, taking on something new is, you know, we continue to, to grow. And this particular, uh, uh, if I can use the metaphor, swimming pool of knowledge here that just opened up uh, with vibrational astrology uh, really caught me. And so I, I uh, jumped in that pool and, and I'm learning. It's such a simple idea, but it's so complex that it needed a special treatment of um, uh, evidence base and uh, not just going by what typical astrology does, even though it embraces all of this, but to go a step further and to research each particular uh, vibration to what it means. So go ahead, Linda. Well, with that, because this is a, a new process of, of, yes. of distributing this information, brings up, I guess, the first uh, question, Linda, for you to interpret for the for the rest of us. I know it's evident based, but it's not just degrees. It's this uh, fractional relationship. And to remind folks that uh, Ptolemy aspects are the that many use is the conjunction when two are together, the opposition when they're totally partile across from each other at exact or square at 90 degrees. It's a division of 360 degrees, but it's very, just only a few of those fractions. Whereas from what I understand, vibrational takes in the whole enchilada, the whole shamas. It does. Um, to, to start from what you were talking about, Sue, um, you've got a square. Okay, pretty much everybody understands that when you're talking about squares, you're dividing the chart into four sections. All right, the Grand Cross shows that the best. And basically, you're, you're taking the pie and you're making four pieces. What you are doing, that is actually not just a square, that's the fourth harmonic. Oh, yes. When you divide the chart into four pieces, what you're actually doing is putting a whole zodiac in each quarter of the chart so then you have, instead of one zodiac, you got four zodiacs. Okay? And whenever something falls at a particular position in one of those zodiacs, if something falls at that same position in another zodiac, they end up conjunct. So that's uh -huh. why the squares end up conjunct in the fourth vibration. Is this somewhat like Uranian then? Because I know Uranian... And not to deviate, if it doesn't, that's okay. Because in this sense, it's sort of teaching and it's sort of understanding. But the fact is, uh, because with that one, I think it's more a modalities, if it's, come to think of it, if it's uh, energetically fixed, cardinal, or mutable. Whereas you're not, with four, that's not the same. Yeah, well, that would be true with four. But see, we're working with so many patterns that that becomes somewhat irrelevant. Okay, good. Well, um, delete, delete. Because <laughs> we're not just dividing the chart into four pieces, which I use that because people understand squares. Most astrologers understand squares. But we're dividing the chart into five pieces and six pieces and seven pieces and eight pieces, which is a semi-square. And nine pieces and 10 pieces, 11 pieces and 12 pieces, which is a semi-sextile. 
But you see, we've got all those other divisions. And those can all be aspects. I see. It's yes. just that if we started putting even 40 different vibrations, aspects on that chart, the result would be just a jumble of lines and nobody would be able to do anything with it. Aha. Uh -huh. Then I think the idea is, is, is introduced. I mean, it's like connecting. So with this chart, perhaps I know that there are several revealing energies. Yes. I, yes. I'd love to hear that. So, so basically just to make one more comment about that, because we can't show all these aspects on the natal chart, but we are finding they are extremely powerful, much more so than people think. Mm -hmm. We can see these aspects in the vibrations. So the fifth vibration is like aspecting the fists on the natal chart, which would be the quintiles and the biquintiles. But the 27th vibration, which we're also going to look at today, is like aspecting 27ths on the natal chart. And we're just getting too many aspects for the chart. But everything comes from the natal chart, but we can see what it's doing in the vibrations. Okay. And I love the idea of vibrations because I remember way back, and I'm dating myself, but it was always the vibes, right? <laughs> Richard, you might remember right. that. It was like, and people, it doesn't come up when people reflect back, but it suddenly dawned on me that was like a code word. People say, yes, we used to say yeah. with your sun sign, but also it was the vibes. So yeah. this is a good connection. Uh, Linda, mm, yes, I wonder if you could uh, comment on um, uh, how how did how does vibrational astrology approach uh, uh, interpreting or finding out what the twenty um, seventh vibration is? Okay, the core way we figure out what the vibrations are is we use a research feature in Sirius software that will let us find out the very strongest people out of 39,000 charts that are as exact as we can get, double A rodent rating, we find the very strongest charts of a particular vibration. And we study their biographies. And when you're looking at these people that are super strong in a particular vibration, there is a distinctive way they are doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. And that thing that, that those 10 people, 12 people that are super strong in the vibration are doing, that is our basic information on what that vibration does. And, and you need to realize that when you look at the outliers, the super strong people, this is statistically extremely valid and is a technique that's used in regular scientific research. Yes, I love it. That I do. Sense. Thank you. 
Yes, that was good questioning. So I am eager. I know that we've dis discussed it, but in this winter solstice natal chart, which I will say for those that are able to see, this is coming from the Eastern Standard Time Zone based in Washington, D.C., representing this nation of the United States. But it's on December 21st, and it's at 4 in the evening, 4 o'clock, 48 minutes, and one second to be exact. Okay, one comment about the chart is that in the natal charts, we are using house systems equal from the ascendant. Um, and that's a long discussion as to why, but that's the way we usually set up the charts in vibrational astrology. We also do charts equal from the midheaven and equal from the vertex. So we're not leaving them out. But these, this is the baseline, which is equal from the ascendant. And one of the amazing things about the winter solstice chart is that the ascendant in Washington, D.C. is in zero of cancer. The descendant in zero of Capricorn. My goodness, this is like, as um, Uranians would say, right on the world point. <laughs> Yes, yes, I know. I was because it's cardinal cancer cardinal is actually cancer. the the summer solstice. It's astounding, just astounding. So there is the easiest way to look at this chart and and get an idea of the emphasis in it is to look at the midpoints. So I have circled here the midpoints. Midpoints means one planet at the middle of the distance between two other planets. And I have circled the two very strongest midpoints here, which are anything under 15 minutes is just rocking the world. And these are at two minutes and three minutes. And not only that, but they both have Saturn and Neptune in them. Whoa. I love do, it. Do you, do you want to make any comments about that, Richard? Well, you know, the um, I'm just looking at the uh, uh, Neptune at the midpoint of uh, Saturn and uh, Eris. Yeah. Um, using, using now, pardon me, but I, I, I call it space dust, but, you know, we're using uh, <laughs> asteroids out there. And uh, I'm a new puppy on the block there. So I'm going to uh, look over at the Saturn. Is at the midpoint of the... Uh, uh, Neptune and Mercury. So what we're doing is, if uh, you got this correct, is that um, there's a certain meaning that you're all of us are going to attach to Mercury of commun you know, let's say uh, communication right. and thinking, and Neptune, which is uh, it could be your um, ideals and uh, it can be your your dreams, it can be your faith, it could be any of these things. But then with Saturn at the midpoint, it would seem to me, Linda, to bring a, a certain amount of steadiness or needing to refine and look at the basics of communication right. and yourself. Yeah. Does it make sense? Yeah, absolutely. It's you're you're gonna get down to those essentials, to to what's really foundational about your dreams and the way you're thinking about them. The aspect orbs are so important here. Oh, the, the, anything this tight is super powerful. And it does something else. Because the Saturn-Neptune is in both of these. 
the Neptune, Saturn, Mercury, and Eris are all equal distant from each other. They form a string around the zodiac. You can see it marked here by the blue lines. And it's important, I realize, just to comment for those others that and for some understand this, but when you say exact, you mean exact here. That's the essential part of it because I know well, that I often look at orbs. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. That's uh, strong. Okay. Yeah. It's it's within the midpoint orb. Okay. okay. But these yeah. are, because these are two and three minutes, these really are extremely exact. Yeah. Um, they're like about 21 minutes apart. And... Um, if you in, in, if you look at them, they're they're very close to twenty one minutes apart. Thank you. Yeah. And and what we've got here is the Eris and Saturn is the importance of including foundational truths in the dreams and the visions that you develop. Mm. The Neptune Saturn emphasis there is like. We don't have a good word for it, but it's like spiritual truth. It's like the truths that last beyond your lifetime, whatever mm -hmm. word you want to use for those. And this emphasizes working with them in your thought patterns in an inclusive way. This is kind of like a message for the winter solstice. So now. We're seeing that natal chart here. Remember we talked about vibrations. If we were to take this chart and divide it up into 27 little charts, each one of them with 360 degrees in it, around this circle, we get the 27th vibration. And the 27th vibration is the strongest vibration of the first 32 in the winter solstice. So let me show you that. Oh, here's a, okay. All right, I got these out of order just a second here. Okay, here is the midpoints of the 27th vibration. But what we're going to look at, okay. I accidentally deleted the 20, picture of the 27th vibration chart, but we will just have to go on because you'll see it in a couple minutes. Okay, anyway. Um, and besides, it, it's getting the big idea. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk for just a minute about what the 27th vibration itself means. This is core to the winter solstice. Oh, good. You want to make some comments, Richard? Well, you know, just uh, uh, just a bit of clarification. How are we going to use um, this winter solstice? Are we talking for a three-month period? Or are we talking from, let's say, December of one year to December of the other year? It's your choice. Yeah. And how it relates. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We're going to talk every quarter because we, we know that these seasonal charts, they start a season – and pretty much, I think most people are comfortable with the idea that they influence us for three months. The winter solstice is when the sun is at its 
lowest point, the days are shortest in the north. And when it's at its highest point and the days are longest in the south. So in the north, we're starting winter. In the south, they're starting summer. But we're go both going through a change of direction. Yeah. A big you know, shift. I... Because this goes so fast and there was so much introduction. After this, we'll have recorded announcements for our bios. But we have that moment where we need to get away and come right back. And we can begin with, well, after a little bit of information about what the 27th means and then go into the New Year's because it's very dynamic and it'll be quite exciting. So the punchline is going to be me is very meaningful and i am thrilled to have with me our new panelists linda berry and richard smoot for good vibrations and you'll continue hearing turning winter vibrations for the solstice and new year day chart be right back thanks take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We are currently in the yin period of Capricorn, ruled by Saturn, the furthest visible planet by the eye. By leaving a cycle based on meaningfulness and truth, Capricorn's energy establishes social boundaries in a structure incorporating rules, authority, and ethics. As a cardinal earth sign depicted by a sea goat climbing from the sea up to the top of a mountain, Capricorn overcomes fears through goals and ambitions to achieve mastery. This is Martha Norwalk, every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to Jude Ponton at the Whispering Dragon Center, we cover the world of animals. This week, January 1st, it's Shelter Rescue Sanctuary and anything that helps our Animal Friends Sunday. We'll check in with our regulars, Meow Cat Rescue, Help Animals India, Seattle Dogs Homeless Program, plus we'll find out what's coming up in the new year from the Ananda Institute of Living Yoga. Hope you can join us to celebrate the new year. Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Talk Cosmos brings you leading-edge astrological conversations with hour-long programs each week on KKNW. The show goes live every Sunday from 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific. Talk Cosmos weekly programs are also available to watch live on Facebook and YouTube, along with daily chats throughout the week on the Talk Cosmos YouTube channel. While you're there, make sure you click like and subscribe buttons so you can get the full Talk Cosmos experience. Or, if you'd rather listen to the show archives with audio only, the entire podcast collection since 2018 is available on most podcast carriers. So, grab your coffee, tea, or kombucha, and enjoy the show. Talk Cosmos is celebrating its sixth season and has a special gift for everyone listening to the show. A free mini transit reading from your natal chart. This reading can help you discover your life path forward and make you aware of current opportunities and challenges. Talk Cosmos Kaleidoscope Visions panel invites you to participate in this learning experience and to interact with the astrologers reading your chart in 2023 during the monthly Kaleidoscope Visions show. 
schedule your mini transit reading and find more information about the panel at talkcosmos.com. We look forward to connecting with you for a free natal chart mini transit reading during the monthly Kaleidoscope Visions show at 1 p.m. Pacific on Talk Cosmos. Get your daily dose of variety. Alternative Talk 1150. Hello, everybody. We're back again. This is Talk Cosmos, December 25th, last of the season and for this year until next year. And I have Linda Barry and Richard Smoot with me. And I'm just going to ask them briefly what they have coming up before we launch back into what 27 uh, vibration means, which is very essential. Okay. Uh, Linda, perhaps what do you have? The most exciting thing I have is I have some openings in a new class for some people who would like to learn vibrational astrology. If you just um, write me at ask, Linda at a, go to at www.astrosleuth.org and send in a um, information to me or write me at my email and um, this is the exciting process of finding out how to unravel the world. Sounds good. I love it. And I'm thinking, so that's early. Actually, just go to Talk Cosmos 2 and you'll find Linda's bio and all the contacts for everybody. Yeah. But it is Astro um, Salute. Richard, and what have you for this new year starting? Um, I Actually, not not a whole lot. I, um, I'm doing the uh, journals for... Uh, ESAR, as well as for uh, NCGR, just finished both of them for December, and um, I'm simply available for consultations. Um, so that's really all it is for me. That's powerful, and, and it's taking, good. Uh, and taking mm-hmm. Linda's classes too. Yeah, <laughs> and there's yes, there is there is a. I agree. Well, thank you, and myself, I'm going to give a talk for OPA. Organizational Professional Astrology on July 23rd concerning the United States prenatal Venus star point because it will be returning in 2026. We have the last degree of Libra now, but it goes back to zero degrees Scorpio. So that'll be exciting. Well, thank you. And okay, so we have this great, and despite a midpoints are a whole feature in themselves are very valuable, but I think for the uninvolved it's a little bit powerful so that's good. Maybe we should show a slide where um, I'd love to learn about you share again about 27 and I remember that it was 3 times 3 times 3 in our It's, it's 3 times 3 times 3, but when you have a number and it gets multiplied by itself Every time it gets multiplied by itself, it kind of morphs. It adds yes. something extra to the energy. Yeah. If what you had said was three is flowing energy, nine is interacted, and 27, here's the punchline, is connected. So okay. I'm excited. Well, nine becomes community. That flow becomes a flow between people or between spheres. So that's what I mean. It adds something. At 27, the community wants it wants the community to flow and what happens at 27 is it wants paradise but it becomes very aware of the ways it doesn't have paradise and it wants to deal with the places and the people that 
fall through the cracks. So we've got a strong emphasis on building better communities with the winter solstice. That's going to be needed. Yeah. Isn't that beautiful? That is so beautiful, especially with the chart that actually shows. Can you show another uh, slide there, Linda? Yeah. Thanks. The, the building with cancer. Here, here, are the, the, here are the planets. Here is the 27 chart. It doesn't have the aspects, but it shows you the planets over here. Neptune, Uranus, a Venus-Mars conjunction, Pluto and the Sun are in this big resonance with each other. And that resonance is reverberating through the heavens. So let me just go real quickly and show you how this resonance develops. And, and then we can talk about it a bit more. Yeah, I love the word resonance. Okay. Here's, remember I talked to you about that other string? Well, here's a string with Uranus, Venus, Mars, because they're conjunct, Pluto and the Sun. And here you can see the different parts of this are all the same, These the orange parts, which is the side, top and, and bottom, the, the three sides up here of this triangle are all the same length. It doesn't look like it because distance gets distorted when you have to put things on a chart, but they are. This, this Venus-Mars to Pluto is the same length as the Venus-Mars to Uranus and as that's, the Pluto to Sun. That's an interesting um, uh, geometric uh, pattern that you have in the center there. What is that? Well, that's called, we call it an isotrap in vibrational astrology. Yes, isotrap. It's um, it's actually technically mathematically it's an isosceles trapezoid. <laughs> Nobody wants to say that, so we just cut it down to isotrap, and it means the sides are the same length and the diagonals are the same length in this triangle. And when a pair of planets has the same length as another pair of planets, they are resonating together. They are working on the same vibe. The same way two tuning forks with the same Bible sound on different tables in a room. This is a resonance like, it's like a sound resonance. It literally is a vibe that's out there in the air. There's this big one here that everybody is feel, is going to be feeling, has started feeling with the winter solstice about four days ago. And... So, but there's not just one resonance pattern here. That's what's amazing about this. It is. And, and, uh, and it seems to me, this is like what I know, astro drama, which we have astro jam as one of the panels, but it's in many forms where just literally realizing planets, they talk to each other and that's part of us. This is very profound. Go ahead. I'm right here. So we had the Uranus, Mars, Pluto, and the Sun, which is an obsession to take action in the moment. Mm. Now you notice these orange lines, Uranus, Neptune, Venus, Mars, Pluto, which is a desire to experience 
awareness, sudden awareness, insights. For those that are sensitive to them, there is, in this time period, the potential for new insights to burst into your head. And we've got another one of these strings here. Another one of the isotraps. Then notice that this is the same length as this is this, and this is the same length as this is this. That means all five of them are the same length apart. Right wow. there. That is a real community effort of many <sighs> dynamics. Because you think of Mars and Venus, the cosmic lovers that are like creating you know, receiving and, and, and uh, directing energies. And then our transformational Pluto with the son of our will and a bunch more. I know if, if Richard has a moment, I don't want to say too much because I want to hear more. Well, you know, the, uh, the whole, you know, for me, you know, six out of uh, uh, 10 planets, you know, yeah. eight and two luminaries is amazing. So, uh, uh, Linda, this is, um, I think I remember correctly from our classes, this is a supersymmetry? Yes, that's exactly what it is. It's a big supersymmetry. And notice that there's a Mars midpoint tree and a Venus midpoint tree. Well, those are the Mars and the Venus interacting with these points. Good. All right. Now, this becomes aspects within the 27th vibration. There's another sequence of aspects. There is the, the Neptune-Uranus and Neptune-Mars and the Mars-Uranus are all in 19th. And not only that, but the Sun-Venus, the Venus-Pluto, and the Sun Pluto are all in 19th also. Oy vey. <laughs> so we've got this big 19th influence within the 27th vibration. So what does this, we're waiting, this is very dynamic. And this means. This is for, amazing. Do you, would you like to make any comments about 19, Richard, before I start checking? I was going to ask you, um, tell me a bit about 19. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm, 19 takes the cultural products, the things we produce in society, whether it's laws or films or symphonies, or books, or anything else that the cultures produce, and it takes them inside of you, evaluates them, down inside, ruminates on them, figures out the strengths and weaknesses, revises things to make them work better. So we're starting out here with the concern. This is all in relation to the concern that our societies, things aren't working well for everybody in our societies. We don't have beautiful, perfect paradises. I think what the 19 does, it also takes in all these different points of view. Yeah. And we're constantly, you know, constantly being looking at all these different points of view for us to make up our own mind, really, uh, mm -hmm. with the collective. Mm -hmm. And in some ways, it reminds me of practice and theory. If we're learning or if we think that, that we're in paradise, but then we see the, as you had put earlier, 
the failings, this is something, then so how are we going to... People, the kids that are starving. Yeah, The exactly. kids that are abused. I mean, the, you name it. Um, this shows that there is a 19 emphasis of analysis and working on figuring out the strengths and the weaknesses of the system and how to make it better. I, I think one thing about the 19 that's so much different than kind of what's been going on last year, it's not so fractitious. I mean, people are going to be uh, more wanting to work together. Um, you know, I don't yes. necessarily want to talk too much about American politics. But yeah. I think it's, uh, it's worldwide, really, about uh, yeah. the government, um, you know, kind of listening to what the people are. And the people are kind of being talking with each other about this. It's a significant change, and I recognize and appreciate what you're both saying, because it may not be immediately homogenous by any means, but yet there's that tiny little fractions that begin to morph and change just mm -hmm. by the fact of here we are listening to a new idea and, and accepting and working with it, in a sense. It's a macro and micro, so yeah. good deal. I don't think it's a coincidence that we're starting this new series at this time. No, right. No, not at all. No, <laughs> I, I, that's what I appreciate, and that's so beautifully exact. So, and the, the dynamics okay. among the dynamics. Okay. Now let's. I know we're running out of time, so let me try to go quickly through some things on the New Year's chart. This is the basic chart. Now, this is the midpoint, <laughs> and Venus at Mercury Mars. That is an expansion of our thinking in big ways. So that's a potential, folks. The question is whether we will work up to the potential. So, so this is for uh, the new year. Um, yes. This is 12 midnight, New Year's Eve, Washington. I, I mean, the beginning of January 1st, Washington, D.C., yeah, so it's 12 midnight. And to, to, to explain a little bit about the midpoint chart for folks immediately here, because it can be divided different ways, but and that's all learning. But just to register in on this chart right here, oh, yeah. Jupiter has a midpoint of Venus and Mars. Is, that's that's Mercury what and Mars. Oh, I, well, I see the first one of Mercury, and then the, the next one I think is Venus. Yeah. Okay, you said Venus and Mars. It's Mercury and Mars. Well, below it, isn't there Venus? Because I thought I heard oh, Venus. I'm That's why I see it. Box. I'm it's looking the, the box. Oh, oh, I'm looking down top. below. Oh, okay, no, never top. mind. Okay, we're okay. talking about different things. That's why we're having it. Yeah, yeah, I see. Okay, very good. Because oh, yeah, uh, that's we, the point. We could Learning. talk about all of this, but we don't have the time. No, no, not at all. I'm just trying to <laughs> emphasize. Okay, clarifying then. In the box, folks... You'll see Jupiter, and the midpoint is Mercury. Yeah, and Mars. Mars. And yeah. it's close, within six minutes. That's close, because yeah. there's 60 minutes in a degree. Okay, yeah. thank you. So, okay. we're act, so we're acting on communication, ah. and uh, acting on communication in a very big way. Yes, and well, maybe, maybe successfully. Jupiter, Mars can tend to be successful. There is potential in this next year to have success through the way you communicate. Wow. See, just the way we're beginning to communicate. Yeah. This is like what an... Okay, I'm listening. Yeah. Thank you. 
Okay, now, this chart, the New Year's chart, its strongest vibration out of the first 32 is five. And here's five. This is just the way five looks. Remember, this is all from the natal chart. It's just the five is taken out and showed as a concentration. All right, now, the midpoint is Mars at Jupiter-Neptune in five, the strongest midpoint. And that's Mars-Jupiter again. That Mars-Jupiter that was in the natal chart, except this time it's with Neptune, which and five is about interaction and exploration in playful and creative ways, building an organic picture of life. Oh, so it's boy. play and creativity is a simple way to understand it. But it's bigger than that. It's any kind of exploration of what's around you without an agenda, just going out to see what you can find. Mm. And that brings creative discoveries. Yes. It's the quintile energy. It is the quintile energy. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Now we have another one of those big supersymmetry patterns, except this time it has seven planets, not six. Oh, the septile. Well, no, it's not a septile deer in this case. Oh, okay. I'm glad it's I'm saying these wrong planets. things so that other yeah, people. Go ahead. Yeah. It's not the seventh vibration. Okay. Okay. Um, now, again, this here's a string. Two planets, Sun, Neptune with Mars, Jupiter, and Mercury. One of those isotraps showing how they're resonating together. Here's a second string, Venus, Pluto with Mercury, Jupiter, and Mars. I'm just going through this real quickly because we're running out of time. And there's the isotrap for that. And here I put in the planet so you can see just how this isotra these isotraps are working. Then we've got, again, the whole thing forms a pattern. But this time, you've got six planets here. Hmm. And then, act, yeah, and then look at what happens. Jupiter sits oh, in the middle and sits on the whole mm -hmm. thing. Look at this tree for Jupiter. The All new the belief systems. This is new... incredible for this year. I mean, yeah. it, it, to what you'd have to do to interpret this, you'd have to look at every single line and what it's connected to. So you have to interpret, um, you know, Pluto, Venus. Uh, to Jupiter, to down to uh, Neptune, so it's it's an amazing amount of work. To you know what? Yes. Well, there but is a way to consolidate it. We'll yeah. talk about. And it what I love All about right. this is really essentially Jupiter. If it is belief systems on one large scale. What makes belief systems? It is all okay. of these energies. I mean, I'm not asking that rhetorically. I mean, it's just really, okay. it's a beautiful Let illustration. Let me just share something about this. Okay. Um, actually, belief systems are in there. But in vibrational astrology, we use very simple understandings of the planet's energies. Mm. And for Jupiter, the core energy for Jupiter is growth and expansion, making things big. So when Jupiter is sitting in the middle, it can be belief systems and all the things you're talking gotcha. about. That's one of the things modern ways modern astrology understands it. But we say it's more fundamental than that. Okay. So Jupiter makes this whole thing grow bigger. 
That's basically what it does. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, isn't that amazing? Yes. Now, yes. remember we talked about the 19 operating within the 27? Well, there's a vibration operating within this five, and it is much more powerful. See these planet positions, all the positions in those strings, every one of them is joined by a 17th. This is a whole pattern of 17ths. Um, the thickest lines show the most exact patterns. The most exact one is Neptune to Mercury. You've got a whole bunch of really strong Mars going to um, Pluto, Venus, Mercury, and Jupiter. You've got the Neptune going to Mars. What you end up with here is dreams and visions that you can make bigger by hand obsessive, hands-on involvement, seeing the big picture. And because this is five and 17, we already talked about the fact that five is creative exploration. 17 is other people's stories. Well, this well. is creative exploration of other people's stories, developing visions, expanded visions. It's like another way of saying what we said at the winter solstice. This is going to happen in just a few days now at the new year. This is about using the experiences and patterns and awarenesses of people to build a better way to do things. What I like about this so much, Linda, it's fantastic what you said. With 17 and, and with five, there's both empathy and a willingness to be creative in listening to other people. Yes, that's perfect, Richard. Thank you. And just to show you, this is 17 times five. Five times 17 is 85. So that takes us into the 85th vibration and look at this great big conjunction of all those planets. Well, of six of them that shows what's happening. And I think Sue is signaling us that we have to go to the end. Well, that's Nathan. Nathan has the backbone of this and he's there at the controls. Linda and Richard, this is really exciting. I hope people get the the encouragement that through thick and thin, there is promise that with willingness. Granted, we'll have that ivory Sunday look at things. I'm thinking of, of ice cream with Sunday stuff on it, you know. That, but yet, there's still work to be had, and yet it's possible we're going to be connecting. Oh my goodness! Thank you, thank you very much, Linda. <laughs> thank you, Richard. And, yeah, I thank you. I appreciate you being here. And Sue, thank you for having us. Yes, oh, yes. Okay, well, Absolutely. Happy New Year, everybody. And we'll happy see you. Happy New Year. January 1st with Rick Levine. And thank you, Richard Smoot, Linda Barry, for good vibrations. All right. Till again at the Equinox. Thank you for joining us on Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests connect soul growth patterns with the energetic cycles of astrology. 
Be sure to tune in next Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time to continue your journey through the roots of the cosmic pathway. 